Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Okay. And here watching the Knicks with Eddie Mata. Of course, Kyrie Irving is lighting the Knicks up. You should have known that. No Luka Doncic. It's Kyrie and Tim Hardaway. I don't know the last time Kyrie lost to the Knicks. Him specifically being from the New York, New Jersey area, he's got a chip on his shoulder tonight. I just watched him hit the last two buckets. He's trying to do it all himself. Yep, he's going to shoot that one as well. That was a heat check. He got fouled by iHeart. Keith McPherson on the fan, KM to AM. We're still taking calls, a bunch of calls, but call up. Give me your thoughts and opinion, good, bad, whatever, on Marcus Stroman. Alex is out in Westchester next up on the fan. Hey, hey, Keith. What's up? Hey, I, I hate this signing. Okay, um, tell everybody. What would do? I know he's a New York guy, lightweight in the World Baseball Classic, but this guy just does not have the mental makeup to be a New York Yankee. Um, yeah, neither does Carlos Rodon. Um, neither neither yeah, does IKF. A little different. A little different. He's, got, he's got Twitter fingers. He's got the Kevin Durant syndrome. Why are you not signing Blake Snell, the NL Cy Young winner? They, they Why, put it, you, did you see they, they put an Snell? offer out to Blake Snell? He didn't accept it. Yeah, but I don't I don't think Stroman's the guy. I just don't. I but don't he's not going to be asked to be the guy. He's going to be asked to be the fourth, maybe fifth guy. Seem like he belongs in the clubhouse. No, he does he's now because the, the actual New York Yankees signed him. So that means well, he, he's yeah, going well, to be in the clubhouse. He's yeah. Just not the mental makeup. Thanks for the call, Alex. It's funny when like people call to say what somebody else is or isn't or mental makeup what do you do what is your profession what are you good at right what if somebody was saying that about you when you got your job when you got hired when you got your bonus i don't think like that's why these guys compete they want to shut people up they enjoy that they thrive off the naysayers i always say man hit refresh don't tell me about old stuff right i used to stand in the front of house of q and uh, hand out menus and sit people down and go in the back and fill up little um, little plastic dishes with ketchup. What do I do now? That's in the past. Right. Well, you know, like, look at Scott Brocious, right? When we signed him, oh, why are you signing a hitter that hit 202 we that year? We can go through a bunch of, that's right. what we'll do. We'll go through a bunch of Yankees where it was like, <laughs> oh, they played for a team that we hated, Johnny Damon. Right. And, you know, it's like, so okay, what? so that's what? Now he's on our side now. <laughs> Gave Jacoby Ellsbury the bag. I'm trying to think who else was like, uh, either played for a former Met, Carlos Beltran. Well, we'll bring him in old. It doesn't matter. Right. And usually when they bring the old guys like that, they're veterans so they could, you know, so the youngsters could be inspired by guys like Carlos Beltran. You know what, what I mean? What does this Yankees team need the most right now, Eddie Mata? Pitching without a doubt. 
What did they just add to the team tonight? The Long Island kid. A starting, a starting pitcher. There you go. A starting pitcher. Anthony down in Port St. Lucie, Florida. You ready for spring training down there? What's up, Ant? Hey, how are you doing? Good. I'm all right watching the Knicks. Eddie Mott is in here. We're talking about Marcus Stroman, the Yankees. I'm just glad that the Yankees are active and they're not waiting. And they just added another starter with MLB experience who started off the season pretty good last year. And I think he's going to be motivated to have a bounce back year this year. Oh, yeah. I'm, oh, yeah. Here's the thing. Um, listen, I'm just going to um, – I, 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 I moved to Florida in, in 2020. Um, so I got like a three-quarter pension from the uh, NYPD. I'm a, so basically, I'm a retired NYPD sergeant. Okay. And um, um, uh, believe it or not, uh, Marcus Stroman's father. Earl. He's a he's a he's a, yeah, he's a Nassau County detective. My dad's name is Earl. His dad's name is Earl. We're born on the same day. I'm telling you, there's a good chance I I link with Marcus Stroman now that he's a Yankee. Go go on, go on. No, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. The thing is, um. Uh, his father kind of renounced him because he's. Listen, uh, Marcus Stroman, uh, his father is a great guy. Um, I've met him before. He's a, he's a stand-up guy. But uh, his son is so divisive, and uh, he's all about, um, you know, um, I'm not gonna, you know, certain political movements. And that, like, him and his dad are not the same person, all right? I'm yeah, his dad, that like, knowledge. I, that's fine. So, I don't know anything yeah. about really any of these guys on the Yankees' dad, so... But I, I mean, I thank you for the information. But what does that say about the signing and um, what it, what it's going to do for the Yankees in twenty twenty four? Well, he doesn't talk to his father anymore. So yeah, the Jets sign Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't talked to his parents in two decades or something like that. I don't know. I appreciate the like inside baseball that like you know degrees of separation. Even me connecting. Oh, you know his dad's name's Earl. My dad's name's Earl. Cool. But it, like, I are, are we going to try and reach into the bag of how to knock Marcus Stroman tonight? I'm not. No. Port St. Lucie is where the Mets play spring training, so maybe he's got the Met energy. And, uh, you know, I I get it. I get it. You want to knock the guy? People have been knocking the guy on the fan all week, not me, because I actually put my thinking cap on. My initial thought was, no, no, the Yankees aren't going to do that. The Yankees aren't above signing Marcus Stroman over some tweets. Right. Let me ask you this, Keith. You you said that he blocked you on Twitter? Yeah. Well, I guarantee this summer he'll be here with you, and you guys are going to be buddies. Yeah. I will guarantee that. I have a media credential. I can pull (laughs) up on him. I'll be at spring training. I'll talk to him straight to his face. I met him before at the MLB fan cave. I text Mike, Mike Bowling, Bleacher Report. He literally says, like, I got to do Mike. So if you guys follow Bleacher Report betting, Mike Bowling is the black dude that always does first touchdown and first basket props. And he literally said to me, he's like, ah, oh, bro, I'm in the middle of filming my first basket prop. Uh, once I get that hit done, I'll call in. Uh, Eddie was talking about how we were trapped in the fan cave. Here's the premise. The fan cave we, I didn't live in the fan cave. Did you live in there? No, what? People, people actually lived we, there? People thought we did. No, no. I lived right on... Um, I don't think anyone did. Thompson Street on Soho. Were yes, you there? I lived in 90 Thompson Street. Oh, yeah. That, yeah I that's... was apartment D5. I was the only one with my own apartment. That Me too, I guess. Hey, I was in the same... There you go, baby. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that was the spot. Yeah. So, uh, I, I love that apartment. I, I like and you it. had Ray's Pizza right in the corner, right? Of course. Yeah, right. But I used to slide to Fiori's, um, go to Bleecker walk down Thompson, and I would go to Fiori's. And they were open all the time. I was in there. I got some epic stories being in there, hammered, freestyling, oh, <laughs> talking to girls. But um, you, you were talking about how we were stuck in the fan cave. Here's the premise. So think about the Major League Baseball season, first pitch to last out every single day from opening day 
all the way through the World Series. Now, not everybody in the fan cave makes it to the World Series. Mm -hmm. They sent me home. They sent me uh, Happy Trails October 7th, uh, 2014. But Eddie and I both went through the experience of, okay, you guys live a 10-minute walk away from the fan cave in Soho, but you better be in here at 12.35 or or 105 when first pitch starts because, like, that's the job. You're watching the games. You're creating content. We're giving tours. There's interviews. There's players coming by. There's celebrities going by. There's activations. There's different sponsors, Pepsi, Aquafina, you know, all these different things going on. Scott's, I remember, had this, like, turf wall and, like, all this type of crazy stuff that went on in, in the fan cave 10 years ago. But here's the thing. Like, you, you cannot leave. You literally cannot leave. It's floor-to-ceiling windows. You're like in a fishbowl for everyone in New York to see, and you can't go anywhere. So if you're picking your nose, somebody can see you. If you're 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 digging in your pants, somebody can see you. Mm-hmm. You're being watched. And also, if you're hungry, which I don't know, I get hungry. Like, <laughs> you, you better either pack a lunch, which I remember going to like Morton Williams and trying to buy stuff, and it just never worked. We were always ordering from, uh, what's what was the diner down the street? Uh Cozy, cozy, cozy. I don't remember. I forget the diner down the street, but we were always ordering food on Seamless and Grubhub. And I swear to you, I do not use Seamless Grubhub or whatever it is now because I am completely like scarred from breakfast, lunch, dinner stuck in the fan cave, having to order my dinner. Sometimes it comes good. Most of the time it, it comes either soggy or spilled or missing something. That was one of the things I hated the most. Every meal was was takeout and it was delivered to you unless you like you know I went to Morton Williams try to make myself some like pasta with with jar sauce and after a while it's just like whatever I, I'd rather just order yeah but Keith in the beginning like in in the middle of March and then in April what happens is that you know you're up you're there all day yeah you know like you we were supposed to show up like at nine a.m. one time it's a fourteen hour day yeah and right if there's activations where they right. give you a we, so my year two we had. The MTV show on Tuesdays called Off the Bat. Mm-hmm. There would be a call time where, it, like, you got to be there for the filming of that. Yeah, and then guess what? Then you have a one o'clock game, right? Mm-hmm. Then you have the four o'clock games. Yep, right. Because it was Getaway Day. Let's say Getaway Day is Monday or third. Oh, no, Monday, what is it? Yeah, Sun- it Monday Thursday, and Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, Monday Thursday. You have Getaway Day, but then you got that one West Coast game. That starts at 10. That nobody cares about Padres versus Diamondbacks. Right, exactly. And then you're excited because it's like, okay, it's 2-1. All right, it's around 1 a.m. You got plans with your friends, right? And then all of a sudden, guy strikes out, but it's a pass ball. He's at first, steals second, and then guess what? The next batter, base hit up the middle tie game. And you're like, no! You're you're, you're stuck there. You're You're literally trapped there. And this is a perfect time to bring in my guy, Mike Bowling, who was in the 2014 fan cave with me, went on to work for the Cubs. Still works for the Cubs, works for Bleacher Report now, pulls up on me in the city. I go to the shy and pull up on him. Mike, first time on WFAN. I don't know. This came out of nowhere. And Marcus Stroman is a Yankee. How you feeling, bro? I'm feeling good, man. It's it's crazy to be on this station. I feel honored. Uh, keep doing your thing. But it's a, it's a wild time. I was just listening to the fan cave conversation you were having, and I was getting those, like, memories, those flashbacks. And not all of them were pleasant, but it brought us <laughs> together. So I'm – I'm happy that we did it because that was a hell of an experience. Bro, we have to tell the story right now because Eddie Mott is with me. He was in the 2012 Fan Cave, and he's gone Mm -hmm. on to do a great podcast where he interviews former athletes and entertainers, and you know they tell stories of winning the World Series and going out and partying. And We had some epic nights partying (laughs) when we got released out of the Fan Cave, and then Eddie starts talking about the worst part was these West Coast games 
where the game is rolling. It's cruising by. You get to the seventh. Then it starts to slow down. Runner on first. And we're rooting for outs. I remember us being like, outs, outs. Yep. The worst night was, of course, your birthday that summer. Yep. Red Sox <laughs> are playing the Anaheim Angels. Yep. And the game goes 19 innings while we have bottle service at Hotel Chantel for your birthday that we ended up not even going to, never claiming. Never claimed it. Uh, definitely wasn't one of my favorite birthday celebrations. <laughs> but I think I think the thing that will last the most with me was we had a very long discussion in the like, fifth inning saying, like, should we get ready? We shouldn't get ready. We're going to, like, jinx it. We're going to ruin it. And we got ready, and sure enough, I think it was Pujols, actually. Pujols hit a home run late or something like that, and we ended up staying there all night. Man, that was depressing. But uh, the silver lining in that story was my pops came out the next day. I was just about to I say, was, your I dad on got break. on a flight right away to cheer you up <clears throat> the yeah, next yeah, day. I, that, was, that was the greatest move ever because I was very close to pushing the button and uh, checking the Southwest flight back to Chicago. So, so that was I'm the thing, too. Right? So we would wear our team gear because people can see us and we're on camera and we're doing Snapchat and Vine at the time. And when he's saying get ready, we were like, yo, let's switch into our clothes to get into the club, like put our collared shirts on and nice pants and dress shoes. So now, you know, fifth inning of a 10 p.m. game, I don't know, <laughs> it's like almost 12 we're thinking, like, we want to get out of here by 1, 2. We we didn't get out of there, I think, until, like, 3 in the morning. There's no point in going to the club. I remember the girls. We ended up linking with the girls at their apartment that went to the club. By the time we linked with them, they were in there, like, pajamas done. And we, <laughs> we paid for the bottle service and never got to eat. I still, to this day, I don't even know if Hotel Chantel even exists. I still, to this day, haven't been in there, bro. Keith, who was the pitcher that gave up the home run to Fujos? I, I couldn't tell you. I was, You know what I was doing? Because I was so pissed off. I was the DJ in the fan cave. So yep. we're we're drinking, we're partying. I'm DJing, I'm playing music to keep everybody's mind off of it. That like, yo, we're literally trapped here. We all have plans to go to the club tonight. And out of all of the nights, we usually would get out like one, um, you know, 10 o'clock, the game go 1, 12, 12, 30, 1 o'clock, 1, 30 latest. Out of all of the nights that we get trapped in there until 3 a.m. <laughs> so I just was on the DJ booth. I was just boozing and, and playing music. I wasn't really watching that game. I just kept... An eye on on the like I'm like 19 innings for real. The worst was the Sunday the, night ESPN games at eight or seven back then. Seven. It was. They were definitely seven. They were seven and back I, then. And and I the thing that I hate most now looking back is one of the best things Major League Baseball has done is institute that pitch clock. Like if we had the pitch Imagine. clock, we might have been we would have been out on normal times on most nights. Yeah, yeah, which would have been bad. We none of us got arrested. I feel like if they had the pitch <laughs> clock, we one of us would have got arrested. Oh, so you guys, you guys went all out, huh? So Holy yo, cow. so here's another great story. They bring us to. Um, uh, what's the address? 245 Park Avenue for Major League yep. Baseball headquarters. They bring us to Major yep. League Baseball headquarters. We're all sitting at the big conference table, big MLB logo. And they're like, you know, welcome to the fan cave. They present us our first checks. Mm-hmm. Our first checks were like $8,600. Yeah. <laughs> too much and money. Too much money for, for all like young 20-somethings. And they say, well, last year's class, you know, we were we were sponsored by Bud Budweiser. We had a chill chamber. We had the bottoms up bar. Chill chamber they kept stock with with beers. And then the bottoms up bar, you could put a cup there and it fills, there's a keg, it fills you up with a fresh draft beer. They challenged us without knowing <laughs> it, Mike. What did they what did they say to our group in that conference room that we all took personal, like Michael Jordan? Like I took that they, personal. They said there's no chance that you guys will drink as much as the group did last year. 
And I, I remember nudging you, and we had just known each other for, what, two months at that point? We, we had been like, in Arizona together, and I just was yep. telling Eddie, I didn't think I was going to make it. So at the audition, I got hammered every single night. I almost missed the flight out. Almost missed, <laughs> almost missed the shuttle to get to the airport. Honestly, the funny part is I felt the same way, which is, I think, uh, why we linked right away. I, I remember getting Bud Light Platinums on the last day, like, well, if this is the last time we hang out, we might as well. I was the one drink. leaving the hotel, running down the street to the <laughs> gas station, coming back with 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 cases of beer. I was like, yep. I was on it, and yep. yeah, they challenged us in MOB's offices to say, "Oh well, you know, last year's class drank too much. No way, are you guys gonna outdrink them." So we're not worried mm. about that. And I guess you guys broke the record. Yeah, we did, and that's why, and we essentially broke the fan cave because that was the last year. So yeah, we broke. I don't the think fan they cave. wanted to deal with us did anymore. You, well, like, did you? Were you guys like the band um, Guns and Roses, just throwing guitars and stuff like that? Were kind you, of. Was that you? A lot of things were broken in there. <laughs> a lot um, of there things was a lot of conversations with the front office people of Major League Baseball. Uh, some people got sent home. Um, I, some of the stories we can't tell on air. <laughs> but you're basically I'll just, putting. I'll, go ahead, Mike. I'll just. I'll just tell you this. I kicked I kicked the door open once and got uh, reprimanded for it. And it was really one of the more interesting meetings I've ever been in. As a professional, I'm doing air quotes because I couldn't lie. There was cameras everywhere. And I was just so excited to see our guests that I ran over and judo kicked the door open and hit her in the head. So there was things broken. There was a, a mini baseball bat that got lodged into, into the wall one night. We were playing, we were playing baseball. baseball. Yeah, yeah. What are you guys playing? So, wiffle ball? Actually, baseball. Basically, basically we're wiffle playing, ball. We are playing <laughs> wiffle ball in there with some of the bats that they had. Because you know how everything in there was like a stage oh, prop yeah, yeah. set? But we were taking it, and you you can't lock middle 20 years. Like, I was 25 going in there. I think Mike was like 22 or 23. Oh, my God. You yep. can't lock us in that place and not expect us to, like, not lose our minds. Did they, did they have the Milwaukee Brewers slide thing? Yes, and that's yep. a home run slide. So when right. your team yep. hits a home run, you ring we the gong. We started that, actually. Okay, so that yeah. got passed down to yeah, us. Your yeah. team hits the home run, you hit the gong, you go down the slide. Mm -hmm. um, Mike got – actually, you know why we were so excited, Mike? It was the girls that casted us from MTV. So yeah. the girls came to visit us that casted us, so we were pumped to see them. Mike kicks the door open like, yo, welcome to the cave. And that was on camera, and he got in trouble for that. They actually told us halfway through the fan cave that we were drinking at too much of a fast like pace. And, Mike, I'm going to ask you about Marcus Stroman and the Cubs since you're the man at Wrigley Field, so you could tell all these New Yorkers that Stroh was, was legit in the beginning of last yep. season. Um, but yep. they told us that we had a two-beer limit. For me, that's the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I, I cracked one beer ever in my life. I'm going to have two. And this is when I, this, this was 10 years ago. I was in my, like, drinking prime. Well, they, so, yeah. they never gave us the limit. They're like, drink as much as you want. Well, I, it, you were in two, 2012. Yeah. I guess 2013 outdid you guys. And they thought there was no way we were going to. So they basically put um, locks on the chill chambers, which, you know, the chill also chambers. didn't matter. It, like it, So, like, okay, so you, you think I'm not going to be able to figure out how to break that lock and get beers? Right. So, so I figured out how to pop that lock and get get it open enough to reach my hand in and get everybody beers. And uh, I got in trouble for that, but I didn't get kicked out for that. They just were like, they, like, we saw you on camera, what you were doing to, like, finesse the lock and get in there. Like, we told you guys you can't. I'm like, so then they, they, they emptied the chill chambers, and it was just the bottoms up bar. And they took the plastic cups with the metal bottom that detaches so that it fills up the draft. Mm -hmm. Silly <laughs> rabbits. I got like 10 of them in my locker. 
I, I, you thought you you thought you got one over on me? No way. So I got the cups, and then we kept doing it. Then they then they took that out of there. But then they didn't realize this, there was security. Remember, there was security yeah, yeah. on staff at the mm-hmm. fan cave twenty four seven. Yeah, because sometimes there'd be some homeless people or some oh, crazy yeah. people. Yeah. people peeing on the walls. Um, people banging on the walls, mm-hmm. literally treating us like we were in the zoo. But I was cool with all the, the security people. They never searched our bags, so we were coming in there with 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 handles. We were down. We were down in the basement drinking liquor once they took the beer out. Wow! Did you guys ever have uh, teams come and party with you guys? We had some of the guys that performed. What were the What were the country singers, Mike, that drank with us? Uh, Kip Moore is one of the guys that. Um, it's actually funny. There was a night that he performed, and we obviously were only watching baseball games upstairs. You could see the big screen from outside, so there was no other programming on those screens. But the basement was completely covered, no windows, and he was a big Miami Heat fan, I guess. So he was trying to watch the finals, and we told him, like, well, we can't put it on this screen or else we're all getting fired. So <laughs> Kip Moore hung out with us in the basement, and we watched a little bit of the finals down there. I don't, I feel like I'm incriminating myself on this power. No, man, the, right statue now, but... <laughs> the, the statue of limitations has been 10 years. We're good. You know, you know who partied with us was the Diamondbacks. They came oh, back. Nice. They came back. It was a Saturday night. And I think it was Willie Bloomquist, right? And, you know, we connected, and he's saying, yeah, Eddie, I'm slumping, man. I can't get the bad head out. I'm like, man, just swing out, swing out of your butt, man. <laughs> Next day, it's a home run. <laughs> Good, yeah. So we used to say cave bump, right? If a yep. guy came and visited us at the cave and mm-hmm. went on to have a good game, bump, cave bump. We used to, like, tweet that out and claim it. Hey, this guy's performing well because he came out mm-hmm. um, and hung out with the cave dwellers at the MLB Fan Cave. Mike. Before I let you go, bro, you're the man in Chicago. Every time I go to Chicago, I check in with you now for 10 years. Uh, you and I have run it up at Wrigley, speaking of drinking, <laughs> you know, being out there in the bleachers at Wrigley. Obviously, we were there for the epic Yankee game where, uh, you know, we had the Guardy party out there, and I, and I bet everybody around me $20 that the Yankees would come back, and we had a good time. You've seen Stroman in person recently, last season. Uh, just tell the Yankee fan what they can expect out of him in 2024. Listen, man, I know that he's had uh, one stint in New York, um, but I, I can tell you this. Listen, he, he was as best as he's going to be when he's healthy. He's such a, he's such a creature of habit. He's, sub, he's such a person who needs to be balanced, needs to disrupt timing. You know, his velo was exactly where it was previous. He hasn't lost that. The thing that I liked most about Marcus was He's just a gamer, man. He loved the bright lights. I think he loved playing at Wrigley because of the tra- tradition, the fan base, just how we're bought in at every game, whether it's 20 degrees or, you know, 50 degrees, you know, whatever it is. You know, he loves to get the ball when it matters, and that's when he pitched the best for us. I mean, he came back in September of last year from the injury much earlier than he needed to, pitched a gem in relief against the Diamondbacks, who ended up obviously going to the World Series. He's got a lot left in the tank. I think he still has a lot to prove to himself, and I think that's the only thing that matters to him. After meeting him a handful of times and just being around, the dude is a gamer, and I know he loves New York. You've seen the pictures with him in his Yankee gear, his dad, all that stuff. I think he's going to give the Yankees a lot of good stuff this year. Mike, you're the man. Mike is on Bleacher Report betting. You see him on there doing first basket props, first touchdown props. He's on the Cubs YouTube channel. He hosts all their content. Uh, at Wrigley, outside of Wrigley, and whenever you see me with a Cubs fan in Yankee Stadium, it's probably only him. I brought him to the bleachers. I brought him to, like behind home plate. Like you know, I don't know. Think I think the Cubs play the Yankees 
in September. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, in, in so you Chicago. owe me one. Yeah, and you I do owe me owe one, one now. Been, I mean, I had the baby, bro. It's been too long since I, I've been to Chicago. <laughs> I do owe you one. I gotta, I gotta come to the shy and run it up. You got my word. We'll figure that out. Yo, can I say one more thing on the way out? Yeah, you got it. I'm really proud of you, brother. Just keep doing your thing. And uh, the last shout out I want to say is to Cowbell guy out in the bleachers, man. That guy is awesome. I'll Nothing. never forget. I'll never forget Cowbell guy. That dude is the man. So hope he, hope he's listening. But again, man, proud of you. Keep going, man. Appreciate you, Mike. You're going to make me cry. He said, you're proud of me. <laughs> That's my dog. That's my dog. No, nah, I'm not crying tonight. <laughs> Let's take another call. <laughs> Pete is in Suffolk County. What's up, Pete? You're on the fan. Hey, how's it going? I was just calling uh, about Strowman, you know. Yep. Uh, Big-time big Yankee fan. I think he's a, a plus upgrade over uh, Severino, who we lost, because uh, he'll put the innings in. He'll be a, a fourth, fifth starter, put innings in, be a gamer. Only thing I really worry about is – you know, that toxicity that he's had, if he could just get a new start and be over with that and and come down and be a businessman like the Yankees are, you know? I think he can. Pete, you got to get to the chopper? Sounds like there's a helicopter back there. <laughs> no, I'm just driving. Driving. <laughs> yeah. Appreciate the call, Pete. I mean, 877-337-6666. Call up and say you hate the signing. Either way, he's a Yankee. Call up and talk about Twitter from 2021. It's not going to matter. I don't care about his political views. I don't care if he blocked you. All in all, the Yankees needed another starter. They got one. And the guy pitched well last year. If he's healthy, he's going to be able to help this team. And that's all I care about. I root for the Yankees. My name is Keith McPherson. Eddie Mott is in here. We're reminiscing on the fan cave. Shout out to my guy, Jay Smeezy from the Bleacher Creatures, who told me a long time ago, he's like, bro, Tales from the Fan Cave would be great on the fan. I'm like, I can't do it on my own. So I had two cave dwellers join me tonight. It actually didn't sound that bad. No, it didn't at all. I mean, we, we got more to do. We but you know what? You guys, you see, my crew wasn't party animals. I mean, we every had single one of us. You guys sounded like every night. You guys so, were like athletes. Did, every they, night make, you did they make you take the psych evaluation? No. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> all right, so I got more to tell. All right, let's, let's take a break. When we come back, there's, there's definitely some more uh, tales from the fan cave. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Keith McPherson on the fan, Eddie Mata hanging out with me in studio. So you have the 2012 Yankees cave dweller from the MLB fan cave and Eddie, and then me, the 2014 Yankees fan cave dweller, uh, the last year of the fan cave. And I've been meaning to do tales from the fan cave for a long time. I remember in the summer at the bodega, my guy, Jay Schmeezy, Jay Schmeeze, who does the uh, tailgates at 
giant stadium. He's like, bro, you got to Like, I've told, I've told these stories for the last 10 years, and I've told a lot of friends. But he's like, you, you got to do this on the fan. And I'm like, well, I can't just randomly pop on the fan and override, uh, you know, the story of the night with my stories. But it, it all kind of worked out tonight with Eddie Mata being my guest, with Marcus Stroman, former Cub, becoming a Yankee, my guy Mike Bowling, who works for Bleacher Report, and the Cubs being able to call in and share some stories with me. So before we went to break, I asked Eddie Mata, I'm like, did you guys have to do the psych evaluation? And he told me a story about his class and why that, you know, by the time they got to my class, they're doing psych yeah, evaluation. Yeah. So, you know, we had this guy, I'm not going to mention any names, but you probably know of him. He was kind of, uh, you know, he was on meds. He was... Uh, a little off and uh you know the that's a liability for exactly, major league baseball yeah, and, and uh executives at mlb were a little scared so i think that's the reason why they did a psych test now tell me about that psych evaluation test like so what kind of question do you remember the questions they asked i always remember this one when i tell a story this is what i remember my dad and i drove up to some random place in north jersey i was living obviously in the shore area but we drive up to some random place in North Jersey, which is the only place they can do this. It was like a police slash like FBI building. And I remember the guy literally had a gun on him that I, I sat down and had a meeting with. And it was crazy. This guy knew my ex-girlfriend's names. This guy, like they had, they had a full report on me. And he's asking me these questions where I'm like, I'm like, this is nuts. But I guess this is something they do in casting and also, you know, MTV joining forces with Major League Baseball to put eight cave dwellers into the cave. They they have a complete background check on you. Well, you you know you know what caused that. I now remember why. Um, he had a wiffle ball bat, and he was just swinging at people. Not in swinging there? at people. He was swinging at the couch. You know, he was just yeah, hitting the couch. He's like, I can't believe my team is yeah, losing. Nah, yeah. You know, my it, man's flipping out. So exactly, right? Because we get emotional watching the games. Mm -hmm. How far are you going to take it? Especially when, you know what they did with my class? Like, shout out to my guy, Ben. Ben was a Red Sox fan. And I remember, I forget what happened. Some guy in Fenway, like, reached over. There was, like, a home run. He lost his mind. Get that mf -er out of Fenway through his hat at the, like, we had this this big thing called, like, the Cave Monster with every game on a big screen. Mm -hmm. You could you could play one game on it, but you could also play, <clears throat> excuse me, every game on it. And he starts losing it. But that's because he's a, a Boston Red Sox fan, like, and, and they're putting us together. So imagine him and I when it's Yankees-Red Sox. Get, get away from me, bro. So they need to make sure that you're not a loose screw, loose right. cannon or whatever. But also the casting element of it. There's something that they get in the casting about your personality and who you are. And that's why, like, my boy Mike, that's my brother. Like, I'm telling you, like, when I go to Chicago, I, there's a zero chance I go without hitting him up. When he comes to New York, there's zero. We've done this for 10 years. His friends are my fr friends. His family's my family. And uh, I felt like they put us together like a puzzle. So in this psych evaluation, I remember going up there. It took a little bit over an hour. There was the one-on-one -on -one, uh, with me and this guy in a suit with a, a holster and a gun in it had to be some type of sergeant or, or FBI agent or whatever. And I was just laughing. He knew he knew he knew my my like three actual ex-girlfriends, not randoms, like girls that I and I think it was like maybe I was in a relationship with them on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then they look into the, those people and then they note stuff about that about them. Then there was this like multiple choice computer thing that like you had to answer a hundred multiple choice questions about your like personality. And the one question I remember is it was do you like the work of a gardener? And I'm like, I'm like, do I like, like, do I like 
plants? Do I like to be like gardening? No. But like that one stuck out to me. It's like they're asking you all these different things to figure out who you are. And then I guess they put it into a machine and figure out whether you're going to work well with this type of person, type A, type B, personality, whatever. And so then wait a minute. They, they, put our they cast have together. an analytics department too? Is that what you're telling me? Oh, my God. Yes, the MLB <laughs> fan cave, Major League Baseball, Bud Selig was commissioner when I was in there. They had us fully vetted. Uh, they had MTV doing the casting. And I, and I kid you not, the cave dwellers that I was in there with, we've been to each other's weddings, um, visit each other's, you know, after – Kids were born. We we've slept at each other's families' houses. Like we are we are legit. Like those are my best friends. You would think I knew them my entire life. I've known them for ten years. Yeah. Guess what? None of us. <laughs> we don't even know each other anymore, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Larry in Stafford Springs, Connecticut, on the fan. What's up, Larry? Hey, Keith. Great show. I love listening to you. You got good insight and direct observation. I got to tell you, as a lifelong Yankees fan. I'm not excited. Okay. Um, the same regime is there. You have Brian Cashman and his analytics department who have ruined numerous players over the last decade. So nothing's changed with the Yankees. They could bring in anyone they want, but if you're going to tell pitchers what pitches to throw in certain situations and tell hitters to swing for the fences regardless of what the count is, nothing's going to change. And the Yanks are going to wallow in mediocrity and they're not going to win any championships. So very disappointed in, you know, the fact that Cashman's still here and his analytics department is still running things. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I, I knew that heads weren't going to roll. I knew that they were going to look at it as one bad year, and the main thing they were going to blame it on was Aaron Judge being hurt. I knew everybody was talking about fire Cashman. It's time for a change. Enough is enough. Michael Fishman in the analytics department, no, nope, no. Nope. We saw Cashman told everybody we're pretty good. And, and I like my people, and I like our process, and I think we're pretty good at what we do. So th- they're standing on business. They feel like they're great, right. they, you know. So I, I don't, I don't have the, I don't have the negative or doom and gloom that like nothing has changed because it, it ultimately it's on the players, and there are different players there now, and there are there's a different hitting coach. Um, there's a couple different guys on the staff. They just announced the Yankees coaching staff. I think there's a sense of urgency that's going to exist. Uh, guys like Volpe are a year older. We hope that Rizzo comes back. There was a clip of Rizzo running and working out. We hope that his back is good and he's not concussed. Glaber Torres has something to prove. He wants to get paid. Uh, Juan Soto just got $31 million. He's trying to have $500 million after the season. He's in a prove-it year. So no matter what, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I just don't think, thanks for the call, Larry, I don't think that analytics can ruin this team. I don't think Aaron Boone can ruin this team. I don't think Brian Cashman can ruin this team. They know what time it is. It's for the players to go out there and get it done. If they stay healthy, there's already a lot of different names. They got rid of a lot of different guys. I'm excited about the season. You know, Keith, here's my question to you. Who do you think is going to lead off? Because this is what I feel. Yeah. This is my take. I think if DJ LeMayu has a great spring, I think they're going to start with him. Yeah. Yeah. That he's got the most experience doing it. I think they're going to start with him. Right. So then I'll go with Judge because I want to see the lefty, righty, lefty, righty. So then the lineup is balanced. You want Judge in front of Soto? I'll take Judge because he's a righty, right? Oh, uh, no, sorry. I need a lefty. So, number two. DJ, DJ, Juan Soto, Judge, I think has to be your one, two, I think th- I think that's great right there. And then you go with, uh, we said Soto, Judge, but then here's the problem. Where are you going to put Stanton? Fifth? Because you need that left-handed hitter, man. You, you want put Rizzo. It. Um, but then there's another option. What you could do is let's just say if DJ LeMayo doesn't have a good spring, maybe Verdugo will be the leadoff hitter. 
yeah, I don't know if I trust no, Verdugo. You uh, and I was listening to Evan Roberts talk about him against lefties. I don't think he could be your everyday leadoff hitter, and I don't think you want to put that pressure on him right away to come in here and say, hey, man, you're going to start the games off. You're going to face everyone's A's. Like, you're not, like DJ has done it. He's got two batting titles. He's still got something to prove, too, that he, he, he came along. He came along with the mayor at the end of the year, you know? But speaking of pressure, I mean, Verdugo comes from a city that he, no, there's I, a lot of pressure I, there, I don't too, think right? He's, I don't think he's going to fold under pressure. I just think that they're not going to ask him to be the leadoff hitter. I think he's going to bat lower in the lineup. And uh, they're going to they're gonna have DJ. And then I think there's a good chance that if Volpe gets right, then, it could be Volpe right, so, later in the season. So what about this? If you put LeMayu, yeah. okay, Ver, Verdugo, nope. second, no? Hell no. Oh. I was listening to BT say this. Every game we 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 will see, and the starting pitcher will see, and opposing teams will see Juan Soto and Aaron Judge in the first inning, no matter what. I don't care who the leadoff yeah, hitter is, yeah, but you point. have to see yeah. Juan Soto and Aaron Judge. Whether Judge wants to bat second, I think you know there was a story out there that Juan Soto likes batting second, and Judge seems to be the type of guy to be like, "Hey, if you want to hit in front of me, that's fine with me." <laughs> now that now that Juan Soto exists as a Yankee, I think Judge sliding into the three spot. Will be great. I'm so excited for it because it's like, uh, like if that's the guarantee for a Yankee fan that the first inning of every game you're gonna the, the starting pitcher has to face those two, you're you're in good shape. That's that's hell for a starting pitcher, any of them in the league. That you know, okay, if you get through DJ DJ Lemayu, what are you gonna walk Soto and then face Judge every right. time? Yeah, right yeah. out of the gate. Yeah, exactly. throw your fastball. Yeah. You know what's great about Soto, man? The way he takes pitches, he lays off the junk. He's, He's intimidating so with the yeah. shuffle and the stare, uh-huh. and everybody knows who he is. He's the man like that. Like, I, I man, I can't wait for this season. Fast forward me. I'm going through the motions, folks, until we get to spring training. I don't care about this Knicks game. I've been signed off on the Brooklyn Nets. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I do not care. If they get to the Super Bowl, I will be ecstatic, but I don't really believe that they can get to the Super Bowl. I'm all in. On the 2024 Yankees, and they just added an arm. We need pitching. They're not done, right? If they're done, I'll be pissed off. If an article comes out tomorrow that the Yankees have $10 million left to spend, I'll be pissed off. But I got a sneaky suspicion they're not done. They can still spend, and they can still make trades, and they do still have to add another arm to this rotation. 877-337-6666. Dave in Brooklyn, talk to me. You're on the fan. Hey, what's going on? You know, waiting to see what? if the Knicks can close the gap here. There's three minutes left. They're 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 down eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let me say this about Strowman. I mean, here's a fun fact. There's probably not another human being on the face of the earth his size who can do what he does. Right. Height don't measure heart. That's his whole thing. He has a little bit of a Nicole, Napoleon complex, but that's fine. There's a lot of short guys mm-hmm. that... You know, look at uh, Tyreek Hill in the NFL. He he's Mighty Mouse. Mm-hmm. Um, look at Jalen mm-hmm. Brunson right now on my screen in, in for the Knicks. Like these little guys have a chip on their shoulder, and they compete mm-hmm. harder. And he knows now he's done it. He's become a Yankee. He's on the main stage. Let's go. Let's see what the Stro Show right. can bring to the Bronx. Right. And one of his former teammates, whose name I can't remember, he was describing Stroman's personality, and he said that. Stroman has to be that way because that's what makes him an effective pitcher. And without that personality type, he probably just couldn't be the same pitcher. So listen, I'm I'm trying to be positive here. You know, I I you know I have to be honest. I've never really been a fan of his personality, but you know, like you said, he's on the big stage now, and he's a, he's a 32 year old man. You know, he's not a kid anymore. And you know, let's do this. You know what I mean? Yep, so. we're Yankee fans. Thanks for the call, Dave. I'm, I root for the Yankees. Uh, I, I root for I rooted for Carlos Rodon 
I wasn't showing up there to boo Carlos Rodon. I wanted him to be great. I was disappointed in him, but I, I would not boo. I don't boo the Yankees. I've right. been to yeah. hundreds of games, literally. You've never seen me boo a Yankee. Uh, if they did sign Trevor Bauer, I would have applauded for him too. But I told you guys right here on the fan, they weren't going to do that. They weren't going to sign Trevor Bauer and have people showing up to the stadium with signs in a year where they need to win the fans back, where they need to go on a run. They weren't going to have a group of fans showing up saying, you're supporting an abuser. If you want to show up and say, Marcus Stroman blocked me on a sign, good for you. Go for it. <laughs> you know, I have a feeling. Rodon, is that how, is that how you Carlos Rodon. I, I, Rodon. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the pronunciation. Rodon. I think he's going to have a good year, and I'll tell you why. If Keith. he does. Yeah, because, <laughs> listen, last year... The guy started off, he got hurt in March, right? Spring training. Spring training. And then, you know how when new players come on the team, right? They they have that thing, I got to prove. I yeah. got to be the man. Like, oh, there's Garrett Cole. There's, right, there's right. Aaron you Judge, know, so Anthony like, Rizzo. He, he feel, you know, he's still hurt. And he's like, you know what? I yeah, have a little tweak, but I got to go out there and prove. Yeah. The bottom line is he was hurt all year last year. And I'll tell you one thing for the Yankee fans that are listening. I will guarantee you he's going to give you 14 to 15 wins. I'm telling you, man. You heard it here first. All Eddie right. Mata says That's that. That's my gut. Carlos Rodon in year two, which everybody talks about year two in New York once they adjust. He's going to be a 14-15 win yeah. pitcher. Yes. He's not going to be a bust. He's not going to be a he's bust. Gonna he's going to blow gonna like help he us did in, in Kansas City the, his last start of right. the season, which was terrible. The guy was hurt, man. The guy was hurt all year. I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. Yeah. I feel like there's no reason to show up and heckle our own guys because the better he does, the better ch- chance the Yankees have uh, of winning. So now you're looking at a rotation with Garrett Cole, the reigning AL Cy Young, Nestor Cortez coming back, who Nestor's putting in his work. I actually, like, I'm going to check in with Nestor. I'll get back to you guys. I'm not going to text him tonight. It's getting late, but I'm going to get back in touch with Nestor. Nestor will probably be at the Pinstripe Pride event, uh, East Rutherford, February 2nd through 4th. He was there last year. Uh, you can You can meet him. You can meet some some past, present, future Yankees, whatever it is. Well, maybe not future. Um, <laughs> I remember I remember Volpe's dad was there before. Right. Volpe wasn't there last year, but Volpe's dad was there for the people that recognize. So Volpe's give us dad. give me give, give me the starting five rotation. Who is it? Yeah, so Go ahead. you got Garrett Cole, mm-hmm. and I mean I know Nestor Nestor's not necessarily a two. It's either Nestor or Rodon if you're just Rodon. thinking righty lefty. Um, Stroman could split those guys. Clark Schmidt also could be splitting those guys as a three. I don't know how it's going to shake out. They're going to compete in camp. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got these depth pieces now. And why am I forgetting a guy? So I said Cole, Cortez, Rodon, Clark Schmidt, Stroman. That's five right there. But then the Yankees have these guys competing like Cody Poteet, mm-hmm. like Luke Weaver, like Clayton Beater, like uh, Will Warren, like... Oh, so we have depth then. Now we're getting there, right? right? Now, but and they can still make a trade for another guy. There's somebody else I'm forgetting as I'm pulling up the uh, roster right now that is going to be in the mix for a starting spot. Um, is it uh, no Cody Petit? No, I think I said everybody pretty yeah. much right now that we're that we're looking at. Hopefully, Blake Snell, if if uh, Judge can get that money up for him. Um, but really, it's Cole taking the ball. I think Nestor second. Um, then you split the lefties with maybe Marcus Stroman as your three or Clark Schmidt, whoever's looking better in camp. Um, and then, so let's say Clark, because I know people are like, no, no, Stroman can't be a three. So let's say it's Cole, it's Nestor, it's Clark, it's Rodon, it's Stroman as your starting five in the rotation. 
you know, that's, that's right as of as of today, yeah. January 11th. I mean, that's solid. That's a solid rotation. I'm ready to roll. It's it's more solid than Luis Severino and Frankie Montas like last year. <laughs> right. Last year they put out a graphic and we got to go to break, but it was the kiss of death. And anybody that knows me, I, I I was showing people. I might even posted it. It was like the best rotation in baseball with Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, um, Carlos Rodon, Luis Severino, and Frankie Montas. And I say, hell no, too many question marks. No way is this going to work out. So let's see what happens with now Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, Carlos Rodon, Marcus Stroman, and a chance for them to potentially still sign Blake Snell. He's still available. I don't think Monty's realistic. And a trade for a Shane Bieber or a Corbin Burns type potentially could happen as well. Yankee fans, call me up. Coming up, my Casamigos big shot of the night, my last hour, which is pretty much open mic. Uh, Maybe I'll mix in another tale from the fan cave, a fan cave story, and uh, we'll take your calls, whatever you guys want to talk about as we close. Uh, Episode four of five in a row with Eddie Mata in studio live with Keith McPherson, KM to AM returns right after this. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.